0: and fan the flame. That's what we're going after, all right? May God get all the glory all year long in 2021. No matter the circumstance, I will look to my King. Excited to be with
1: you here today. Excited to be worshiping our King together. If you are joining us online, uh, we are excited to have you as well joining us just pray that you would just jump right in and sing along and i know there's a lot of distractions possible at home but uh just to uh to join in and and just enter into into worship with our king today i want you to stand if you're here in this place uh, just a reminder that uh, if you're going to sing out big we ask that you would raise up a mask just protect those around you let's just worship our king But just one word You calm the storm that surrounds me Just one word The darkness has to retreat Just one touch I feel the presence of heaven Just one touch my eyes are open to see My heart can't help but believe There's nothing that a God can't do There's not a mountain that He can not move Oh, praise the name that makes a way There's nothing that a God can't do It's just one word heal what's broken inside me she just one word and you revive every dream It's just one touch I feel the power of heaven she just one touch
2: upon our lips today, Lord. How worthy is your name, God. We trust you. We worship you. We lay down our lives before the King of kings and the Lord of lords today in this place. We declare that you can have your way in our hearts, God. You can have your way in our marriages. You can have your way in our families, Lord, in our schools, in our jobs, so worthy, Lord. One more time.
3: Into every knee will bow, and every heart confess, Jesus, Jesus. In every knee will bow. And every heart confess, Jesus, Jesus. And every knee will bow, and every heart confess, Jesus.
2: you. We love you, Lord. And it's in that mighty name that we pray today. Amen. Amen. Come on, as all God's people say, we say today, amen. Church, why don't you take a moment right now, just greet those around you. Try to get really efficient in the way that you don't have physical contact with those around you. Try those head nods. Try those waves.
4: Welcome Summit Point Church, who's excited to be here today, amen, man, just some power worship, and uh, my name is Steve McGinnis, I'm the missions and family pastor, on behalf of Pastor Tim and staff and elders, want to welcome you, whether you're here in person or you're tuning in online, we are excited to be worshiping together, and man, we're excited about Jesus Christ in this place, Amen amen praise the king what a great words to to sing and to lift high the name of jesus hey i'd like to invite you at this time take a moment pull out your phone get out the church app Uh, if you're online click the friendship register button and just take a moment and fill that out Uh, just love to have a record of that it's a great way that we can communicate uh, back and forth and know uh, who is uh, tuning in with things and, and up to speed. Also, there's a section there in, that, in the middle of the friendship register that was just added back in. And that's the willing to serve section. And so I just want to invite you all to amen as uh, things continue to open up. And, and numbers seem to be rising here a little bit in, in this place. It's exciting at all that God's doing But we'd like to invite you, now may be a good time to start uh, back in serving here in uh, in present. Uh, Some of the uh, numbers, we've been able to open up things a little bit, especially in our children's ministry, and it's been exciting to see, and boy, it just seems as soon as we kind of are able to open up some of that, uh, it fills up right away. And uh, really the, the biggest thing uh, kind of holding that back is our volunteer count. So maybe uh, you've been, uh, uh, maybe you were serving in the past. This might be a great opportunity to jump back into serving. Maybe if you're, uh, maybe dropping kids off and maybe had never before. Again, th- this might be, if, if it makes sense uh, for where you guys are at. We're trying to be uh, just careful and cautious and, and safe and yet be a, continue to open up things here uh, as makes sense and, and still be uh, wise in all that. So we invite you to take advantage of that. Also, just so you know, some of these other opportunities that we've had in the past to serve uh, here, Lord willing, here in the near future, we'll be opening up the, some of those as well. And so be looking for that. At the bottom of the Friendship Register, there's a place for prayer requests as well. And so if there's anything going on in your life, we would love To be able to partner with you, be praying for you and with you in that, please take advantage of that as well. And uh, know that those are prayed over several times throughout the week. Well, one big announcement that we have for all of the guys here, and that is our men's arsenal. Uh, Men's arsenal will be a week from Tuesday, that's uh, March 16th. And uh, it's just a great opportunity uh, uh, to come out, guys. Uh, the title there is with a little help from my friends. And uh, man, if you've uh, been before to the men's arsenal, this is a time of power, worship, some, uh, just a great time in God's Word. We're going to be looking at the book of Mark. And um, it's just a, a great time to rally with other guys uh, as well, and so uh, we will be meeting here on uh, March 16th from 6.30 to 8 o'clock. There also, uh, if you can't make it in here, that will be streamed online as well, uh, but we'd like to invite you out to that and just encourage you, if you're planning on it, uh, go ahead and register for that as well, it allows us to plan a little bit for that, but uh, guys get that on your calendar, uh, it is an exciting time to worship Jesus Christ together, Amen. Amen. Well, hey, we want to continue in our worship by taking a time of giving. And uh, if you are here, maybe you've got check or cash or something you'd like to give this morning, uh, just want to encourage you on your way out, the ushers sure will have baskets you can drop that into. Uh, but if not, you can always give through the church app or online features as well. And uh, those are always available, as well as mailing in checks or anything uh, that we've been doing, we will continue to do as well. So, uh, let, let's, let's just take a next few moments. Let's just dedicate the rest of the service to the Lord. Please pray with me here. Lord Jesus, we lift up our praise to you. We just sang those words, Lord, praise the king. Truly you are king of kings and Lord of lords. And, and those words that we sang that, that, Lord, there will come a day when every knee will bow and tongue confess and say you are Lord. Lord Jesus, I pray that we would, Lord, just be living that out uh, today, that we would be living that out this week. Lord, as we take the next few moments, we open up your word. Lord, may we hear from you. May it come alive. Lord, may may we just spend time with you. And Lord, may we just, uh, just drive us to our knees in exaltation of who you are. And, Lord, affect change in our life that we would just be living for you with all we've got this week, Lord. May you be lifted high through it all. We ask this in your name. Amen.
3: Come church. We make this our prayer today. Sing it out.
0: you. We lean on you. May we not be shaken. Whatever it is we face, whatever it is that's going on, may you truly get our praise, our worship, our trust, our leaning. May it be all about you and your glory. We do thank you that we have hope because of you. We thank you that we have life because of you. And now we just ask that you would move in this room, that you would teach us, that you would shape us from your word, that we could grasp what it is we need to know. May we go out differently today because we have met the God of the universe. We love you, Lord, and we praise you. In the saving name of Jesus, I pray these things. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen, well it's great to be here with you today, great to be celebrating, man, whether you're online joining in or here in person, just awesome to be continuing to worship, love seeing the numbers continuing to come out, and uh, for us to just continue to be opening up, may God get all the glory as we continue to point to Him. You know, we are Summit Point Church, and our tagline goes, a place to belong, pursue, and experience our living God. Summit point, a place to belong, like that we're saved, that we know him, that we are relating to our God. Pursue, that we're going after him with all we've got, and experience that we might know him, relate to him, and connect to him on a regular basis. May God get all the glory. That's what we're all about. That's what we're going after. You know, we're in a series here called Fan the Flame, and we're talking about how that relationship, belong, pursue, and experience can just be continued to be growing in your life. What does it mean to be more excited tomorrow than you were today? What does it mean to have the heat and the passion of following Jesus Christ as so fulfilling as it was yesterday, last week, last year, whenever? May God get the glory as we continue to grow in him. Ready? And all of God's people said... That's a huge deal. It's a huge calling that we fan the flame and that we go after it with our God. And so we've been walking through the book of 2 Timothy. And we're just like, Lord, what do we need to know to be able to go after it? You know, Timothy, 2 Timothy is really broken down into three major sections. The first part is on the trials. That's the first couple chapters. The next part is on the truth. And then the last part is on testimony. And so we're in that truth section right now. In fact, today... The sermon is titled, Truth, Knowing the Word. Truth, Knowing the Word. May we grasp God's Word and go after it with all we've got. Man, if we're going to fan the flame, if we're going to belong, pursue, and experience, we've got to be in God's Word. May it affect us, right? So if we're going after that, what's it look like? So here we go. Let's dive in. Turn with me, if you will, to 2 Timothy 3, starting in verse 14. 2 Timothy 3 starting in verse 14. Point number one, stay true to what you already know from God's word. Stay true to what you already know from God's word. The first part of this passage emphasizes what's already known and saying, continuing in that, may we stay true to the passion we already have in Jesus Christ and in God's word. May we dig in to what we already know. And uh, here we go, he says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you have learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. He starts out, but as for you, and again, this is that you that's in the singular form, as for you one person. He's not talking to many, you all, like the whole church. Here he's talking to Timothy very specifically. Paul writing to Timothy, and he's like, but as for you, Timothy. Now it's not that the church can't learn from what's going to be said here, but this is a specific challenge to Timothy and all that he had going on in his life. May we grasp and learn along with it. It says, but As for you, so this is countering those imposters, those evildoers, those people who infiltrated the church and were causing stir, and he's like, don't be that. As for you, Timothy, he says, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed. Continue in what you already know about God's word. Continue in what you have learned and firmly believed. You know, here he's talking about the battle cry, the call to continue, if you remember last week, it was Paul starting out, and he was like saying, you have followed me. He was looking backwards. He was looking in the rearview mirror, and he's like, you have followed, and then he gave all these lists of details that Paul went after in his life to model it out, and Timothy was following in those. You have followed, past tense, looking backwards, but now he's like, so now continue, Now he's looking at the present and the future for Timothy, and he's like, don't lose sight of where you've been. Keep running that way. Continue in what you have already learned and firmly believed. He's like, continue in the stuff you knew that you learned from me. Continue in what the Spirit revealed to you. Man, you are fired up about Jesus Christ. You are celebrating who he is. You always were getting that. You were believing in that. Don't lose sight of that. May Jesus Christ be your King of Kings and your Lord of Lords. Don't let down. Man, may we continue, right, everybody just say continue, right, continue in what we've already learned. Lord, I've grasped this. I see what you're doing. May I step forward in it into the future. May you have your say in my life. He's now talking to Timothy about his today and his tomorrow where last week he was talking about his yesterday, right? And he's making it clear to Timothy what the calling is. He said, you know, continue in what you've learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you have learned it. So first was the facts of what he knew. Now it's the who, knowing from whom you have learned it. Like he grasped it from Paul. He's like, hey, man, we had a great relationship. You've connected with me. You trust me. You understand what's going on. And so, yeah, there's this mentor trust relationship with Paul, but more than that, he's also talking about his connection with the Holy Spirit and God Almighty working in his life. He's like, you know where you got this from. You know and you understand that, you know, my relationship with you has had some influence, but God Almighty is shaping you, and, and you know where it's come from, and you know what you've learned, and you know what you're fired up in. Keep going after it, knowing from whom you have learned it. He says, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings. How from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings. And he's talking about the fact that Timothy came to trust Christ at a young age. And his mother and his grandmother were the ones that were able to lead him to Jesus Christ. They walked him through the Old Testament. They walked him through the truths of Scripture from the Old Testament. And that's what this word sacred writings means. Hang on here, get my throat clear. I think I'll be okay. I might be running down to grab a water in a second. He said, uh, these sacred writings, they're a big deal. Make sure you grasp them and understand them like you've always understood them. And, uh, you know, the word writings here, the word actually uh, just refers to anything that's recorded, like a book or maybe a letter and uh, anything recorded down, writings, right? But he puts the word sacred in front of it and it takes on a whole different meaning. Sacred writings. He's like, you know, the books, the letters that you've read, he's talking about the Old Testament books, all of the history and the prophecy and the poetry that you've read, these sacred writings that you were very aware of. That word sacred means set apart to God and given by God. Like you've grasped all of them got to remember at the time that Timothy was little, like there wasn't the the New Testament scriptures. And so he's not talking here about the sacred writings being the New Testament letters that we would look at. He's talking about the Old Testament. Let that settle though. That means Timothy was looking at the Old Testament along with mom and grandma, and he was learning about the promises of Messiah, about the hopes of a God who has mercy and love and has a plan, about God doing something to cover sin with blood, and he's grasping that this Messiah would ultimately end up reigning forever, and Jesus Christ becomes that fulfillment right in his presence. Stunned Timothy as he sees the Old Testament applying and pointing to Jesus Christ. Man, what a huge privilege to be able to grasp the, the uh, ancient writings, the sacred writings. And uh, Here's the catch, man. Most good Jewish people in that day and age would have known the Old Testament scriptures. They would have called them the Tanakh, the Tanakh, and they walked through these Old Testament scriptures in the Hebrew, and they were learning what the stories were. But they really, oftentimes, weren't grasping it. I know uh, when John and I went to Israel just a couple years back, uh, we went to Israel and we had the privilege of being able to tour around there. Went with uh, Bethany along with Pastor Rich and his wife Kimberly and helped lead that tour and. And uh, just had a good time over there being in uh, the Holy Land. And our daughter Alyssa, our younger daughter, was actually uh, there as well studying. She was there for the semester. A great privilege to be able to study at Jerusalem University, which was attached to the old city Jerusalem. Like literally four or five minute walk and you're into the old city Jerusalem from where she was studying. So just a, a really cool opportunity for her to be poring over things. One of her profs was a rabbi. Not a saved rabbi. He did not believe in Jesus Christ as Messiah, Savior, God, but a rabbi. He knew the Old Testament. He knew it well. And he knew a lot about the New Testament. He had a full understanding of the hermeneutics of it. In fact, the class she was in was hermeneutics, like how to study the Old Testament from a Jewish perspective. And this rabbi, not saved, was walking through and completely missing the hope of Jesus Christ. It was such a sad moment, and this rabbi who had such a deep knowledge of Scripture did not grasp that Jesus Christ, God Almighty, is the Messiah fulfillment. He could tell you all of the answers about a Lamb Messiah hope, about blood being covering, about all of it, but he didn't grasp Jesus as Savior. Man, please hear me. Our job is not to know words. Our job is to know the word. Our job is to not just know facts. Our job is to know the God of the universe and be rocked by him. Timothy, he was acquainted with the scriptures, but it pointed him straight to his knees and worshiping Jesus Christ. May God get all the glory. Man, may we truly celebrate that we have a savior, Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, And amen, man. And the Old Testament points to that. The Old Testament gives hope in that. It says, which are able to make you wise for salvation. Truly enough information in the Old Testament to point to the salvation work of Jesus Christ as Messiah and being able to believe in him. His love, mercy, hope, salvation, coverage, him as lamb and him as lion. And there is enough there to be saved in as the Holy Spirit moves. And they came to trust Christ. It says, through faith in Christ Jesus. Just in case you were confused about the salvation he's talking about, he means that he believed that Jesus is risen from the dead and he confessed him as Lord. He means that he saw him as Messiah, Savior, the fulfillment of Scripture, and believed in him. Hope, as you look at the Old Testament, and a huge promise and huge delivery for us as we get to grasp it. It says, through faith in Christ Jesus. And, uh, you know, just a few words from the Old Testament, just to make sure you grasp this. The Old Testament truly does point to Jesus as Messiah, Savior, and hope. So here's a few words. Ready? First one, the obvious one. Messiah. Like as you're looking in the Old Testament, you see this promise of a coming king. Someone who'll pay a payment. Someone who will die for you, but at the same time, someone who rules forever. Messiah. Confusing if you don't grasp that that is the God of the universe. But hope in the Messiah as he pays, as he dies, as Savior, the one who would cover our debt, as King, the one who rule forever, as Lion, the one who will return to put evil in its place, and at the same time, Lamb somehow providing a coverage for our sin. All of this Old Testament truth. Another one, uh, the feasts. You remember when we went through that a couple years ago in the fall? There's seven feasts and those point to the truths of the Messiah. Three of the feasts already fulfilled in Jesus Christ in his first coming. And the last three being fulfilled in Jesus Christ's second coming. The Old Testament points to Jesus Christ as Messiah, Savior, King. May we lean on him. May we know it. May we believe in him with all we've got. Maybe a last one just as a big one. The Davidic covenant. A promise to David that your bloodline will rule forever. And there will be one of your bloodline, the Messiah, who will forever reign as king. And David didn't quite understand. He's like, I'm not sure how that's going to happen. But bring it on. May that happen. May God truly answer that prayer. And the answer is, it would be God stepping in, clothing himself, becoming Jesus Christ in the flesh, who ultimately will be Messiah, Savior, King, our hope. That is who we worship. And all of God's people said, amen, man. The Old Testament points to the hope of Jesus Christ. And Timothy came to the saving hope as now he gets to meet Jesus, the one died and risen, and the hope as the Holy Spirit moving in the church. And he's like, just so you know, it's important that we continue in what we've known and continue in who we've known. May we be committed. You know, I was looking for an illustrate this week and I found this illustration. So just a fair warning. This is an illustrate from Haiti. This is a Haitian pastor illustration they do come a little bit rougher with the Haitian illustrations. You'll see what I mean in just a second, all right? Haitian illustration, the pastor's talking. He's like, there's a guy. He's going to be selling his house. He wants to move out. Now, their houses didn't quite cost what our houses cost. Uh, a, a good house in Haiti uh, for the average person would be about $2,000, okay? And that actually is about a year's wages. Uh, if you're lucky, $2,000. You might be making more like 1000 a year. And so $2,000 is what he was asking for his little house. He was selling that, wanted to get it out on the market and get it sold off. Somebody came up and was like, I would love to buy it from you, but I can't afford $2,000. And they started to do in true Haitian style a little bit of kind of banter back and forth, trying to do some bidding and figuring out as they made deals. And they came to a deal a little bit over $1,000, a little bit over $1,000. And a guy was talking to his friend the next day and said, yeah, I sold the house a little bit over $1,000. He's like, what are you doing, man? it's worth twice that. And he goes, ah, one stipulation though. He goes, what that? He said, I get to keep one nail. One nail in this house. The nail over the front door. That nail is mine. And he's like, that makes the difference to you? He's like, yes, it does. He kept a part of it, and he moved on. He was gone for several years. He ended up deciding to come back to the area. He came back. He talked to the guy. He said, hey, I'd love to buy the house back from you. I'll buy it back at a profit for you. I'll pay more than what you paid for it. You can make some money on this. And the guy's like, there's no way. Not unless you're getting up to 2000 I can't buy a house like this. I couldn't find a house like this anywhere. And The guy's like, no, really. I think it'd be appropriate for you to do it. I gave you a nice deal. And the guy's like, no. They separated. And the next day, the guy living in the house ends up coming out And on that nail is hanging a dead dog, a carcass, just hanging there. And the guy's not allowed to touch it. It's not his nail. He can't move it. It sits and it gets rancid, gets rotten. Over the next few days, he takes that one down. The other guy does takes it down and puts up a different dead animal carcass and just continues to put a dead animal on that single nail. Till finally, the guy's just like, fine, enough. Enough, I'm done, I'll sell it to you. The guy sells it, he gets some money off of it, makes a profit, and moves out. The other guy moves back in. Haitian prophet statement. He said, Listen, when you're saved, when you ask Satan to move out, you're taking over the house, you're saved and giving it to the Lord now. Don't even leave one nail. You leave nothing for him to play with, you leave nothing for him to toy with, not even one nail. And all of God's people said, dude, I'm telling you, that's a powerful, powerful statement for us to recognize that we often, we leave behind certain pieces and it makes us vulnerable. Simple question. What nail have you left behind? What is it that you have allowed to stay around where you're not continuing in what you know you're setting that aside. And are you ready to live it all for him? May God get all the glory, right? And I just want to tell you that that's one of the more tame Haitian illustrations out there. (laughs) They've got some rough ones, man. Life is rough down there. Life is hard. And they deliver it thoroughly and solidly. May God get the glory. Point number two, continue to dig deep in God's word letting him equip you all the more. Continue to dig deep in God's word, letting him equip you all the more. He says, all scripture is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. All scripture is God-breathed. How much scripture? All scripture. Don't toy around with that. All Scripture is God-breathed. Now let's talk about the word Scripture. When the New Testament uses the word Scripture, there's some details about it that you need to understand. Sometimes it's referring to an Old Testament passage. Sometimes it's referring to a New Testament passage, all right? Just a couple of examples for you. In James chapter 2, verse 23, it's talking about Abraham, and it says in the Scripture it's recorded that Abraham believed God, and it was counted in for righteousness. That's a book of Genesis, and it says recorded in the Scripture... The books of history in the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, those things were all history books. They are scripture, message and import from God. Or here's another one, 1 Peter 2.6. There's a quote from the prophecy, and it's speaking very specifically from the prophetic elements of the Old Testament. And it says that the scripture says, prophecy, a huge deal, Old Testament prophecy is scripture. And here's another one, 2 Peter 3, 15 and 16. 2 Peter 3, 15 and 16. In fact, this is Peter talking about Paul's writings. And he's like, sometimes Paul's writings can be a little hard to understand, but he referred to them as the other scriptures. He used the word scripture with it, and he's now talking about New Testament Pauline writings. Man, please hear me. The scripture, it's the Old Testament. And it's the New Testament. It's those books that were written by either prophets or apostles. They were written and recorded and they were transacting the truth and the viewpoint of God to man, recorded out and called scripture. All scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, is God-breathed, it says. That Greek word, theonoustos, the word theo means God, neustos to breathe out, to inspire in, right? So God making an impact into man to record these. You might be like, well, how does that even work? How is it done? It's really important that you understand a little bit of how inspiration takes place. And so let's just say a few things first that it's not. Okay, ready? So everybody say not. It is not. God says, just write these words down. It's not dictation. It's not just write down what I said. You don't know what the vocabulary is? I don't care. Just write the words down. It's not that. God is not dictating to man. It's more than that. On the other side of it, it's also not, everybody say not. It's also not God going, write whatever you want. It's your will. You can do what you want. You pen it, do whatever you want. So it's not just God, and it's not just man just doing whatever he wants. There's some connection or combination going on. And a great passage to be able to understand it a little better is 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. It's a huge deal. 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21, it talks about how he inspired. It said, it's not just the will of man, right? Like I just got done saying. It's not God just saying, just write whatever you want. It's not just the will of man. It's not just a letter being written. This is somehow God being involved in it. It says it's not just the will of man, but you're also carried by the Holy Spirit. These guys writing and recording were carried by the Holy Spirit. There's an influencing there. So maybe here's a good way to say it. Inspiration in Scripture. God breathed. It probably is best described as something like this. It's God's meaning... And he's communicating the meeting down into this man. And the man, using his unique experiences and vocabulary, records that concept down. God's meaning with this man's vocabulary and understanding of experience. God's meaning, this man's vocabulary, gets it written down and recorded. That is a really good way to understand how inspiration is happening. So when you end up having like a doctor like Luke writing, you get something that's a little bit more like uh, logical and flowing. And and then when you get somebody else like maybe a Peter, there's a shepherd, there's a fishing boat kind of experience, and he's using a whole different kind of language. But they're capturing God's meaning. Please hear me. All Scripture has that God's meaning. Using man's vocabulary, God at work in the middle of it means this, no error. No error. would just say no, error. No, no error. error. no error. Now we're talking about the original language there, the original manuscripts, right? I'm not saying that like in 1000 AD, some guy didn't sit down to try to copy it and he miscopied and made an error. Like that could happen there could be a mistake in a copy so our goal is to get back to the original language and making sure we're tracking that original manuscript no error god's meaning man's vocabulary as he chose to work with that person that's inspiration dude that's your bible that is your old testament and new testament put together god's meaning absolutely to be trusted in the midst it's a huge deal By the way, that's why we actually preach out of the ESV, the English Standard Version, because they work very hard to connect each word in the English back to the original language word to be able to track as closely as we can to what originally happened. God's meaning, man's words, trusted scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, all scripture is God-breathed. And all of God's people said... Man, it's God communicating with us. We have hope. It says, and is profitable for, like there's great value in this. It is profitable for uh, teaching. That word really means just informing, establishing understanding. Uh, Teaching, it's bringing a, a statement out so that you get it better. There's a clarity that happens, an aha moment that takes place, right? Teaching, this is an informing along the way. And then it says for reproof. Uh, A good way to define reproof, maybe, is a persuasion when you're wrong. That's reproof. When you're actually wrong, when you're living wrong, when you're thinking wrong, and then you're reading Scripture and God starts tapping you on the shoulder and you start to get this sense of, I've been wrong. What should I be doing differently? That was not correct. When Lord, please forgive me is part of what stirs in you, then this is really what's happening for reproof. It's really a convicting It's a convincing, it's a challenging along the way. This is where your eyes get opened where they were closed. The other one, your eyes were open, you just hadn't seen it yet, teaching, right? That's just informing open eyes, ready to receive. But this one is like the eyes are closed and you're teaching the eyes to be open. Or maybe you're giving glasses to put on so now you can properly see. It is giving you an understanding of challenge in that needs to change, reproof. And then the next one is correction, correction. And this one follows reproof. First, you let them know this needs to change. Then you point to where they need to go. Correction, it's going after the new change. It's making sure you grasp and understand how to set straight what you need to go after. Reproof suggests that needs to adjust. Correction says, go over here with it. Okay, that's how those two work together. So the word of God giving me information, even tapping me on the shoulder saying that needs to change, even going further and saying now let's head this way. That's how God works. I mean, I'm telling you, we have had so many times where people come down front afterwards, we're talking and they're like, dude, I, it's like you were in my family this week. It's like you saw what was going on when you were suggesting this topic, this story. It's, that is so what I've been struggling with this week. And, and um, Just to rest assured, we don't have some kind of creepy stalking thing going on, and we don't know what's going on in the heart and what's going on in the home, right? So what's taking place? That's the Holy Spirit saying, that's what I'm talking about. That's where I'm at. Like I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit sets it up all week long, maybe even all month long, where he's working with you in something. He's helping you become more aware of something. You're seeing something. You're asking questions into something as a passage is coming up, getting ready to be delivered. And then we stand up, and we're just faithfully walking through the word, and the Holy Spirit says, like that. That's what I'm talking about right there. And all of a sudden, there's this waking up in us, there's this convicting, and then it's just, so where should I go? And Scripture's saying, here's where we should be, and we get to run after that. Man, that's got to work in His Holy Scripture. Know this, the journey in God's Word is life-altering. And all of God's people said, huge deal. He says it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and then for training in righteousness. Literally, this says, Uh, to be able to conform to God's commands and to be able to conform to who God is. This is a shaping of your soul. This is transforming you so that you look more like Christ. Training in righteousness, a true shaping of us. May we see God and may we follow God. A huge privilege. It says that the man of God, we just say that means saved, Right? Saved. That the man of God, the person saved, truly humble, willing to confess sin, wanting to hear what God has to say, that the man of God, the one who gets what Scripture is in light of God, is willing to hear it, says that the man of God may be complete, may be mature, may be perfected, may be along the way prepared or proficient, may be complete. Like God's doing a work in you. It says, equipped for every good work. Just so you know, that word equipped is actually the verb form of the word complete. They're the same word. He says that you may be complete, and then he says verb form, being complete. Now what he actually says, he puts it into the perfect tense, having been made complete. He's like, just so we're clear, you have been given what you need. If you are saved, you have the presence of the Holy Spirit, you have the power of God's Word, you have the understanding shared in, and now God is walking you on a journey. It's in the finished form, so now let's let God do His work in us and finish it out. He says, equipped for every good work, for every good work, may we literally land all that we need to to be able to worship our God and celebrate our God every good work. Let's just say it this way. The Bible may not be that great for teaching math or chemistry. Like in case you didn't know, you're not going to get very far in your calculus class just by studying God's word, right? There are things that aren't there in detail, but this book details the greatness of who God is, the plan that God has, and the good works that he calls us to There is a spiritual detailing here that rocks this world and God doing that work in us. May we truly celebrate and worship him. Equipped for every good work. Man, there is power in getting in God's word. It is his meaning. He has used the specific man to bring out specific words to make it clear where we need to head so that we might be changed and shaped along the way. So how do I do it? How do I dive into God's word? Well, let's just put it this way. Here's a couple of quick thoughts, all right? I would say regular. Make sure you're regularly getting into God's word. We have a reading plan that's up and available. It's on the website. You can actually get it if you go on our uh, church app. You can get it if you go uh, down under the details of our website. And you can find a reading plan there. We have an everyday reading plan Monday through Friday. We got that for you. And then it sets up the Sunday preach, right? So, there's a great opportunity for you. What do I do? How do I go after it? Let's just say this. Here's three easy steps. We've talked about this before, but it's just good to remind. Ready? First, encounter. Encounter. Encounter the living God. As you look to open your word, just say, Lord God, I am ready to meet you. This is not, Lord God, I am ready to read some words. This is not, Lord God, I'm ready to know more facts. This is, Lord God, I am ready to meet the living God of the universe. Teach me who you are. What do you have to say? Encounter the living God. As you open the Bible up, just say, Lord God, may I meet you today, right here and right now. I am ready to encounter you. And then as you read through the word, looking for the truth of who God is and what he has to say. As you get done, maybe it's just a verse. Maybe it's a couple of verses. Maybe it's a little passage, whatever it is. Like this is the truth of God. Then move to the next step. That's encounter. Exalt. Exalt. This is where you're lifting God up. You're praising him and celebrating him for what you just heard of him. This is who my God is. This is amazing. You spend time exalting. How do I exalt? By thanking and by confessing. Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what this word reveals of you. You are awesome. And Lord, please forgive me for where I'm not in alignment with this. I'm in. Thank and confess. And I'm telling you, that exaltation moment will rock your world. Maybe even writing it down. Lord God, I'm giving you this. Lord God, I'm done with this. Lord God, may I truly celebrate this more this week and making a commitment to your king. You're encountering him. You're exalting Him. And then the last step, engage. That's where we step out in obedience. It may start to affect our works or our words. Our actions may be different as we start to engage. That is after we've exalted our King. That's after His glory is pouring on us. His glory changes us one degree of glory to the next. Then we step out to engage. All too often we open the Bible, we read it for facts, And then we go over and we try to engage and just make a change. Dude, that is called muscling it. It will never work. It is just trying to fake it. It is trying to white knuckle it. It won't get it done. Lord God, may I encounter you in your word. May I exalt you, thanking and confessing, worshiping you. And then, Lord, after that, may I get up and spend my time for that day, engaging for the rest of the day, following through with what we've just committed to may you get all the glory. Dude, that is God's word on fire in your life. I guarantee you this, if you take time to encounter, exalt, and engage regularly, you will be rocked for Jesus Christ. Your life will be blown away with how great he is and how awesome he is. Your worship will light up. Man, don't set the book down. All scripture, God-breathed, wherever you start and dig in, Lord God, I'm ready to encounter you and exalt you, and I'm ready to engage for your glory. May you get all the worship. And all of God's people said, know this man. It's his authority. It's his meaning. It's his word. I am ready to let his word move. May God get all the glory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do come to you. We thank you and we praise you. Lord, we worship you right now. We're in awe that you have communicated with us. You have provided your word. You have provided the sacred scriptures, the sacred writings, and we have hope because of your words revealed to us. We thank you for your love and your mercy. We thank you for your love and your mercy. And just right where you are, thanking your God for his love, his mercy, his blessing. Thank you, Lord. Just right where you are. And Lord, we thank you for your passion in communicating with us that we have your words We have your meanings. We have your understanding. We are in awe. We love you, Lord. We thank you for communicating with us. And just right where you are, thank you, Lord, for your communication, your reaching out. Now, Lord, we just ask that you forgive us as we come before you. There are times where we have walked out on our own, times where we have not listened, times where we have not followed through. Lord, please forgive me for not encountering, exalting, and engaging. Lord, I give you my life, your authority in charge in my world, your meaning in charge in my world, I give you my life. And just right where you are, handing yourself to your king. Man, Man, I'm just gonna ask you to go ahead and stand right where you are. Just go ahead and stand up. I'm gonna close in prayer and then we've got a song to sing. Lord God, we do thank you that you're in charge. When you speak, this world exists. By your presence, it is sustained. Your authority, your power. Lord, when you say it, it is. Lord, we thank you for your meanings conveyed to us in your word. We are stunned and in awe as we get on our knees before you daily and regularly. Lord God, may we encounter you and all of your power and authority. May we exalt you so worthy of praise. And Lord, may we follow through and engage all for your glory. We love you, Lord. We praise you and we celebrate you. In the saving name of Jesus, I pray these things. And all of God's people said...
1: See you. Then what have I to fear? And nothing will deny Him The glory that is His Will heaven and not prevail? Strongholds not removed For spirits not be silenced And cower at His rule. For if my God is for me Then what have I to fear? See? Yeah.
0: May we worship him, may we celebrate him. Man, as we open up God's word, know this, in that moment, it's his meanings connecting through some one individual's vocabulary as God so sought fit to rightly convey exactly what he wanted done. And then the Holy Spirit moving in that moment with you as he's tapping on the shoulder for an informing or even a correcting for a directing to where it needs to be, may God get all the glory. Man, we have the privilege of encountering the living God, of exalting Him, thanking Him, confessing to Him, all along the way, making much of Him and engaging that every good work might be lived out for Him and His glory. May God's word be ever-present in our lives. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.